Too many times we stand aside and let the water slip away to what we put off to tomorrow has finally come today. So don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. Choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. This is Maxwell IV, known around the world as The Blind Blogger, and you can find me at theblindblogger.net, or you can also purchase my books, the latest one of which is The Blind Blogger's New York City Adventures, How You Can Make Your Dreams Come True. And today I have another great guest with me. I think we're going to have a lot in common. Her name is Kim O'Neill, and that's K-I-M. I've been saying it with a B all day, so um, I've been spelling it that way too. Her name is Kim. You can find her at KimO'NeillCoaching.com, and that's O-N-E-I-L-L. -L. I'll put that on the notes when I'm through. She is a coach, uh, co-author, speaker, uh, radio show host with a heart. And a couple of things I took from her bio that I just love is she talks about coaching people to release the person inside them that they always knew was there. I think that's a great place to start with her because so many people think they have to be fixed or improved. And I love somebody who it sounds like takes the artist's approach of freeing the creature within the stone or marble. So welcome to my show. Thank you, Max. I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you. I'm glad that we could uh, make this happen. And uh, it seems like it's been forever since we sent those first emails uh, discussing you coming on What's Your Excuse? But we're finally here. And uh, so did I get anything wrong on the intro? Or is there anything that you want to expand upon that uh, people should need to know about you before we get going? I think your intro was fantastic. You, you may have um, worded the, the very last little part. You may have worded that a little differently than how I say it. But I love your spin on it, your take of it. Because, yeah, I think it is so important for us to be able to um, – you know, really connect to who we are at the core of ourselves. I think so much goes into trying to make ourselves be someone else, and that's where we get tripped up. So the more that we can connect to our, you know, the, the truth of who we are on the inside, and the more people that I can help doing that, then I just, I, it's so rewarding, and I love it. <laughs> I guess uh, this is probably something that uh, I should ask more coaches. Uh, is that pretty much why you do this, because of the emotional feelings you get when you see somebody start to do that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, so actually you could call it selfish. <laughs> you call it incredibly <laughs> selfish. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You know, and it, I also connect back to my own personal experiences in life, Think, you know, times where I was struggling with something and when I really benefited from someone else who reached out and helped me along that way. And I love being able to help others with that as well. So I, I would say it's, you know, it's got two angles where, right. where I'm coming from. Right. Now, um, you talk about some of your life experiences. What are, what are some of the, the most memorable ones and what, what you've learned from them and what you're able to teach others as a result of them? Well, one of the biggest ones is what I wrote about recently in the Positive Minded People book, and I'm, I'll hold it up for anyone who hasn't heard of this book yet. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> I, told, 
I told you I, I forgot the name of your book and the name of your show. I'm really going. I'm really doing no! a good day. You're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> for you know, for, for for anyone watching, Max and I had a great time before we even started recording. So he was like, finally, I just need to start recording and we'll start the show and go from there. No, Max, you're doing fantastic. I um, you know, the question that you just asked connects to the story that I wrote in here. So that's all. I'm just cool. um. Yeah. So this, this book is called Positive Minded People, Inspiring Stories of Overcoming Adversity for Living a More Positive Life. And it is an anthology, so there's nine of us authors total in here. I'm one of those nine. But it's, you know, it, the story that I share is really a, like a lifetime in the making. It really stemmed from my childhood up to about eight years or so ago, and it was all about filling that void within me, which for me went back to having an absent parent and allowing myself to believe that that didn't impact me. So much of my life was about, you know, I'm strong, I can get through anything, and uh, certainly, you know, when we we feel sad, we know that we're impacted by something that affected us. But I didn't really know for so many years how much I was cutting off the flow of experiencing those things that hurt. And, and to be able to have my own experience of finally saying, look, this, this hurt. And yes, it threw some challenges along my path. But what have I learned from it? And then also realizing, what am I learning as I actually allow myself to process those emotions? Because for so long, I thought that, um, you know, choosing to say that uh, this one thing affected me and it made me really sad, I somehow felt that acknowledging that meant you were stuck in that place. And there's something after that place, but you have to get to that place first. <laughs> you can't, it's, you yeah. can't just say it didn't affect me at all. So I've learned that there's even more strength than, than what I had to begin with that comes out of the process of, you know, feeling your emotions, processing them, and then moving beyond them so much more powerfully than you could have, you know, just from saying, uh, no, I'm good, you know, I'm moving on. Right. The dangerous part about that, what you're describing there, is, is that a lot of people get to that middle part and they get stuck in the emotions in the replaying the audio and the video in their heads of the events that caused them to feel that way and they can't ever get past that in towards towards uh, being that stronger better person as a result of it absolutely and here's what I think is so interesting is I think that it's an illusion to think that we aren't already doing that when we stop ourselves in the first place that I'm strong, you know, this didn't bother me, and not being aware of when we are replaying those emotions and those experiences and those words and all of those things as time goes on anyway. Now, maybe we're not doing it every day and certainly not on, I think, uh, may, you know, may sometimes be on a conscious level and may other times we don't even realize how we're dredging it up when, oh, another situation in life happened and it makes me recall that thing with my dad or that thing with someone else and we start to replay some of that stuff. I think the, the perception is that that's not happening along the way. When What I've learned is it's, it's the act of processing your emotions, deliberately processing your emotions, feeling them and moving through them that then allows you to stop 
going back and replaying. And when I say stop, I don't mean it's like a hard, fast, now it's never, ever going to happen again. But once you start to acknowledge what's the layers of what you have to work through, then it gets easier over time. It gets softer, and it's easier to come to a place of a new perspective of healing, forgiveness for yourself, for others, and actually see how that situation played a really pivotal role in you know, what's next in your life, what you have to give others, and, and to grow from that space. Right. I can appreciate what you're saying. Just before we, uh, we connected on here, uh, somebody sent me a message on Facebook. They were sharing a story about my dad from before I was born. And uh, just, just thinking about him and the fact that uh, the example they gave was exactly the kind of person I knew him to be, you know, made me cry, even though it had been days since the last time I had thought about him. And, uh, you know, it's, and then you think those are the kind of lessons that I learned from being around this person and the way that they live their lives every day for the 30 or 40 years that I knew them. Mm. Kind of the reverse of what you were talking about, but we do have these things. They get, they get less and less over time, but they, you do start out with that problem of, of having to turn off that old video. Yeah. And it, you know, there was something that I learned a long, long time ago. Um, it's a quick little exercise. Would it be all right if I shared something with sure. your audience? Yes, yes. So something that I, I heard another speaker share on the radio several years ago was so, uh, was so helpful to me at that time. So basically what it is is if you've got yeah, a situation in your life that you're having a hard time moving beyond, something that was maybe sad, painful, angering, frustrating, whatever it may be, Close your eyes and get the image of that situation in your mind. Imagine it as if you have a still shot photo right in front of you. and You just have this picture of the situation. And then and notice the color in the photo. So just notice how it looks. And then start to drain the color from the image. And as the color drains out from the bottom of the image, the image goes gray. It turns gray. And I noticed when I did this for myself, I had this, I certainly, of course, had an emotional reaction to it because as it turns gray, you start to notice that that situation is in the past. It's over. And it's okay to now close that chapter and start a new one and start to, you know, paint the picture of what's going to come next. Now that this thing happened, what's next? So I hope that's useful for anyone who might be going through something and, and finding it hard to just, you know, take that next turn. Um, that might be one way to start on that pathway. Right. Now, um, I've, I have noticed, and I'm sure a lot of other people have noticed, that bloggers and podcasters when they go through when they go through bad times, they write about it. They record videos about it, and maybe they maybe they do radio show episodes about it. Who knows? I'm just wondering: Am I the only one who's noticing this? And is that maybe a little bit a part of your process and why you have done some of the things you do online? That's a great observation. I love that you pointed that out. I thought you were going to say um, bloggers and podcasters tend to talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we 
we do that too. We do that too because words word count matters. I mean, you you don't get much credit for 500 word posts, but if you write a 1500 word post and you've done something. So yes, there you yes, go. We talk. Uh, we talk. Brevity is my word for the year. It's been my word for the year for three years running because I ain't mastered it yet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know what? And when I started my podcast, um, the Everyday is a New Day show. It's actually evolved over time. So. Uh, when you and I first met, it was called the Perk Up With Kim show, and then it became the Every Day is a New Day show. But um, when I first started doing that, someone asked me, oh, gosh, how can you talk for an hour? How are you going to do that? And I was like, <laughs> that is so not my first question. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I have a little trouble going an hour by myself, but I noticed that I set, when I set out to record a, a five-minute video, it's always at least 15 Um and as a matter of fact, today I, today I was involved in one of my most hated types of exercises. I was recording a video for a thing called the Holman Prize, where they give grants out to visually impaired people who have big dreams and goals. The thing is, is the application starts with a 90-second video. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're going to have to practice. Oh, <laughs> uh, I practiced. That's what I was doing for the last three hours. I think I finally got it nailed. But I was actually, I looked up or listened up, and I'm like, Max, you're in trouble because you're supposed to be on with Kim in about 12 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, Max. No, that's good. You'll get there. I, I've had to do the same thing for myself. I, I, when I record my own videos, I always think, okay, five minutes, five minutes tops, and then it's usually about 10, maybe 15. I'm lucky if I can get seven. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good Good video. <laughs> right, right. And this goes to something I tell authors all the time. I tell people, you know, if you're having trouble writing, it's probably because you're setting your writing time too high. I tell them, tell yourself you're going to write for five minutes. And the odds are 30 minutes from now, you'll look up and go, I was only going to be here five minutes. And the same thing works with exercise. I mean, there are a lot of days when I feel like I do not want to be on this stupid bike. And I tell myself, Max, just start, the, start your book and go for five minutes. And you know, those are usually some of my longer best days. But that's, I think it's interesting. With your videos, uh, you start out going short, and you always end up going long. Very true. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's a nice little mind trick to, um, to allow ourselves to go longer. I've also found with writing, uh, when you're just starting out, I mean, don't be too particular about how it has to look. Just, you know, as much, for me anyway, the more that I can just allow myself to just write and just be in the flow and just keep going, 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 as I'm going, the clarity comes through and I get more um, clarity on, you know, what I want to say and how do I want to formulate that and how does the clarity I just gained tweak, you know, and change what I was saying at the beginning of, of you know, my writing. So I've allowed, you know, the, the Fewer restrictions I can have at the beginning allows me to, I think, reap so much more. Right. And that's true with writing. It's also true with a lot of other things we do. I, um, it comes down to how, how set are you on that picture on the box? And I was wondering if you have any suggestions you can give people for freeing themselves up and not, not blocking them in so much and letting themselves actually come into their writing or whatever it is they're doing. Hmm. How to, okay, how to release the limitations that are blocking them? Is that the question? Yes, exactly. There's so many. There are so, so many. Um, let me, let me, let me think here. See, I do this to, I, I do this to people all the time. 
so so don't worry about it. Um, it's a it's a good thing. It just means that this is real live recorded audio and video, and people know that we're not we're not editing this or making it up or pre-planning or anything. So that's good. But I I do I do I, well. Maybe you could just speak to uh, the the idea of people locking themselves into a set image of how whatever they're doing is supposed to look. I think that it's a process. I think people are always doing the best that they can. So I think, you know, we all have some sort of image or idea of what it is that we're, what our goal is, what, are, what we're moving towards. And we start with that. And as long as we remain open, so that might mean a variety of things. It might mean remain open to hearing what works for someone else. It doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but just be open to hearing you know, other techniques, other tactics. Remain open to, um, you know, being aware of what's going on in you. And are you receiving signs and messages that are reminding you that you need to sleep more or reminding you that you need to drink more water? Because these kinds of things impact what also, you know, what we can create. So being open in a variety of ways, because as long as you are open, then what I found for myself is the visions that I start with, they evolve and expand over time because I've been open, not because I allowed myself to get too frustrated or upset because things aren't working and now I feel extra stuck. Allowing myself to go, okay, this is part of the journey. So what am I, what am I not seeing? What am I not allowing myself to, to explore? What am I you know, asking those questions and remaining open to what wants to come next because that's what then evolves the picture and the vision and where I gain more clarity and more momentum as I go. So does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does. When, when okay. the, 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 the problem comes, or do you, now do you think that a lot of people uh, find the ability to start being more open as they fail to receive the success or the expected outcome? I mean, and if, if so, do you see that as settling or, you see, or do you see that as evolving? That is a great question. What comes up for me is your level of passion and desire for what you're, you were focused on in the first place. That's what's going to determine, I'm starting to forget half of your question, but that's what's going to help also pull you through when you're open. So when you start to hit those walls, I see you smiling. <laughs> when, when you start to hit those walls and want to, you know, give up or whatever it is, that passion is going to help you maintain a certain level of, uh, you know, focus and dedication towards your goal to go, okay, look, maybe I wasn't open enough before. I didn't want to hear what other people had to say, but I'm not giving up. I'm focused on where I'm headed. And so if I need to tweak up my method or approach, um, then yes, maybe this, you know, this other piece of, um, I'm, I'm refraining from using the word advice because I think that we all come to find what works best for ourselves. But we can we can also find that through advice, you know, through other people's suggestions and things like that. So does that answer your question? I think so. I'm going to have to play this back and listen to it a couple times. And then maybe <laughs> I think so too. Um, but for me personally, recently I decided that um, my podcast was not as much fun as it was earlier. And I came to the conclusion that it was because I was continuing to put it out in video 
and audio and also writing long, long blog posts about it. And I thought, well, that's something I'm doing because of expectations, not because of it's what I want to do. So I, I listened to myself, as you say, and I just decided I'm no longer going to be editing out the audio and going through the BS of, of posting it to my, my server so that it can show up on iTunes and Stitcher. That's a decision I made. Can you give us an example of a time when you, uh, you noticed that something you were doing wasn't working and you listened to yourself and either changed or added something new that you weren't already doing? I love that you just gave that example because I can, I had the same experience. So when I started my first show, Perk Up With Kim, I was putting all this thought and preparation into it. And now here's the thing. It was a monthly show, one hour, once a month. And I was putting so much into this one hour. I was planning out, okay, well, what topic am I going to talk about next? And am I going to have a guest or is it just going to be me? And what are all the things that I'm going to, that I'm going to share? Because I want this to be, you know, an impactful hour that people listen to. They can really gain a lot of nuggets of wisdom from it. They can enjoy it. I was stressing myself out with this so much. And just like you said, uh, for me, I think it was around the seven or eighth month, seven or eight month mark. I asked myself, I said, okay, look, Either I find another way to do this or I'm just going to stop altogether because this is not fun. And what is the point of doing this if I'm not even enjoying it? So I asked myself, okay, what can make this more fun? And all of a sudden, that's where I started to get the idea that, you know what? No, I do want to guest every show. And, um, and then I wanted to be able to talk to them about, you know, where did they come from and where are they today? And how, you know, what did they learn along the way? So I started to have this overall theme that where I had support and feedback because there was going to be the guest also sharing their insights and it it just it totally opened up things for me so um so that is that's what comes to mind as you ask that question right well I think far off far you know um uh Louise Hay has said it many times two of the worst ideas in the English language are should and should not and I had to decide that whether this was something that worked well for me or didn't work well for me. And I think more people need to do that. But it's it's hard when you see the, quote, experts in your field doing something a certain way, and you think, well, if they're doing it and they're winning, then I should be doing it as well. So. You know what? I totally get that. And, you know, it's interesting. I I also see a handful of people I know who are doing things their way and nobody else's way and they are excelling at it and I really think it's because they're allowing you know to themselves to come from that heart space and trust in what they have to share what they're doing is enough they're not placing judgments on it and this is something that I I've noticed I, I do a dance with because I, I call myself a recovering perfectionist and so, you know, there's this part of me that's always Aren't wanted. We all? You know what? Yes, in many ways, yes. I, and I, there's this part of me that, you know, so often has wanted to get things just right. And yet the other part of that is the part of me that always wants to do things my way. So there's, it, it's kind of, um, what do you call that, an oxymoron or whatever, wanting to, wanting to do things just right, but then my way. So there's this structure and yet total freeform lack of structure that I'm constantly trying to blend. And um, so it's a, it's a process, but you can make, you can make progress. Progress, right. not perfection. 
Right. With me, I like to think of it as a pull between responsibility and spontaneity. Oh, I like that. Because I grew up being the oldest son of three and the being the one who was supposed to do the right things and be responsible for the other ones. And but they but but they're always the ones who had more fun. So there's been that push pull of uh, responsibility versus just wanting to do something right now the way you know the way I want to do it. I totally get you. Yeah, I'm an oldest of I'm kind of an oldest only. So I do have three younger siblings and um, yeah, always thinking you need to to be responsible and you know get things done, do things right. And I think some of us, you know, find that we have to reconnect to our, you know, our playful side, our inner child, whatever you want to call it, as we're older. And, you know, hey, we, we can be fun at any age. We can have fun at any age. That, right. That's, that's why my dating profile says I'm looking for somebody to help me get into trouble and then hopefully help me get back out of it. <laughs> nice. Okay. That's a good combination in a girl. Yeah. <laughs> One of one of the best people I ever worked for me was a reader who read who read who read uh, you know when I had to do research in the library would do reading for me. Um, his name was Spitzer Moore, and he was one of those people. He was always getting me to do things that I knew were against the rules, if not outright wrong. Oh no! And, but but you know, it's like how do you tell him no? I mean, um, <laughs> I got okay, my and, and and my brother Michael, who lives in Florida, I hardly ever see him. But when we were growing up. He would always talk me into uh, into investing money in something he was doing, and it was it, it almost always ended horribly. Oh no! Uh, but but you could tell he was having a time of his life. I mean, uh, he once dragged home an old Trans Am that had the bat, had the motor blown in it, and he put the motor back together. He needed some bolts, but they were grade eight bolts. They were really expensive, and I paid the money for him to get the bolts so he could put the engine back together. Uh, he didn't follow the owner's manual for reassembling it and threw the rod through the head gasket the first day he had it out. <laughs> oh, no. Ended up having to pay a lot of money to have the car towed off of the road back to the yard. And But, you know, that you know few days that he spent rebuilding that engine and that few hours he spent driving around in this Firebird Trans Am, you could tell he had just had the best time ever. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> well, going back to the guy who was reading for you in college, was he trustworthy? Uh, pretty much. Pretty, pretty much? much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I once helped him move for a for a class video he was filming, and part of the move involved us throwing a mattress out of a window because we didn't want to carry it down three flights of stairs. I mean, <laughs> oh no! Do really bad. Uh, oh my God. Really bad. You know. <laughs> I probably did worse stuff when I was a carny than I ever did with him, but that's 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 stories that that nobody tells because nobody knows if there's anybody around who might still get in trouble. Oh my goodness, are you still are you still selling carnival equipment? I I still sell equipment. I don't sell a lot of it. That's why I write. Um, okay. But I don't travel with anybody's carnival anymore, and I don't book events for anybody anymore. But I do help people sell used rides. Why you want to buy a roller coaster or a gondola Ferris wheel or something? Um, not I can just, hook you up. I can hook you up. I'm sure you could. I, you know what? I think that'd be awesome to have my own Ferris wheel in, in my yard. That'd be fantastic. Well, I can get you one of the smaller old style ones for about 20 grand. Are you ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll keep your name and number. 
Yeah, you know the you know the old kind where you actually sat in a in a seat instead of instead of the newer gondolas. Um, okay. Yeah, so I can get you one of them for about twenty, um, maybe a little less if if you uh, if you don't plan on on uh, on having anybody ride it outside of your family. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, see that when you the what you do, what you intend to use a ride for can affect the the inspections and things like that in different states. And in California, in California, you get a break if you're not planning on using it for commercial purposes. Well, that is nice to hear. In California, we get a break for <laughs> Ferris wheels in our yards. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd love to be there because, you know, we we still got neighbors to remember when we used to have a Ferris wheel in our yard, and, and we never even set it up. It was just on the trailer, and we were still the bad neighbors. Oh, one of our neighbors actually put up a fence because she didn't want to see the rides anymore. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah we used to be the bad neighbor. Okay, so oh. back, by the, yeah, back to you in just a second here. I'm speaking with Kim O'Neill of Kim O'Neill Coaching, K-I-M-O-N-E-I-L-L, and um, she has naturally distracted me from my purpose again, uh, something that happens to me all the time. It's not your fault. It's natural. It's it's one of those one of those things I'm working on. Actually, I'm not working on it at all. Uh, <laughs> I think it's part of my stick. Uh, so but let's, talk, let's talk about law of attraction because that's one of those things that that we both agree on. Uh, I've used it a lot in my life and have have specific instances I've shared in my books and on, on my blog posts. And you're a big proponent of it. Why don't you tell me what you think the law of attraction is and isn't and how it can best be used by people to actually improve their lives? I love that you're bringing this up. Yes. So one of my certifications, I'm a certified law of attraction coach. And to me, the way I look at it as everything is vibration. Your emotions are vibration. And then everything from there, your words, your thoughts, your beliefs, which are tied in with your, with your thoughts, the visions that you have, everything is energy. And so one of the simplest ways that, uh, like the way that I think of it now, the visual that I get in my head, is to see it as like sort of like a, a line, not like a timeline, but kind of like a line. So there's a spectrum. And on one end of the spectrum is your, you know, the energy of what you don't want. The other end, end of the spectrum is the energy of what you do want. And you can find yourself, you can determine where you are on that scale based on how you're feeling at any moment in time. And so how you are feeling is then going to draw to you other things out there of similar vibration. And it's just a matter of making tweaks to move in the direction that you want to go, which is usually on the end of the spectrum of the things that we do desire. Um, making tweaks in the thoughts we have, our perspectives, those things can help to shift our feelings. And the more that we are mindful of that and where we are on that spectrum, then that's going to bring us closer to, you know, deliberately attracting in the things that we want to attract. But the law of attraction is always working. So if we're on the other end of the spectrum, uh, not feeling so great, we're having, you know, just unpleasant experience after unpleasant experience, you know, that's, that's also connected to what we're feeling and what we're emitting. So it's, it's playing out at all times. And it's the more that we can get in tune with our emotions and what we are emitting, then the more we can be aware of where we are 
and what we're attracting and what's, you know, what's coming down the pipeline in our life. Does that help? Uh, it helps a little. It helps a little. But I, you know, I have a lot of experience with the law of attraction working in both directions. So I, I believe in it. And uh, I wonder if you can give us a specific example in your life or without mentioning who and maybe the lives of one of your clients. So just a good, quick example. Of, of a client who's a... Of law of attraction working, whether it be you or somebody you know. Okay, so uh, the first one that comes to mind, this, this one always just stands out for me, is actually my podcast. So back in 2015, back in 2015, it was February, and I was working with a coach, and she said, okay, you know, let's map out the rest of your year. And uh, so we started to put, you know, I started to write down the different things that I wanted to experience, I wanted to manifest and happen in my life that year. So one of the things I wrote down was by the end of the year, I want to do at least one interview, meaning that I'm interviewed by someone else. But that's how I said it. I want to do at least one interview by the end of the year. A month later, I was presented with the opportunity to have my own internet radio show. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't quite what I was picturing. However, yes, it was in alignment with the energy of what I was seeking. And it was even better than what I had imagined for myself. So. That to me is, is a huge example of how it plays out. I wasn't, when we're not, you know, our words, our words create. What we put out there attracts then other things to it. But the universe can take us literally. <laughs> so I want to do at least one interview. Oh, oh, okay, well then here you can be the host. No, I was thinking I want to, I want to be the, I want to be the guest. But, um, you know, they, they take you literally. So, so that's yeah. what being, Yeah. Yeah, I recently read something on Twitter where somebody said that when you ask God for something, and some people who believe in the, the universe can replace God with the universe, they said when you ask God for things, he will tell you one of three answers, either no, not now, or wait, I have something even better for you. That true. Yeah, that's true. Yes, I completely agree. You know, another example that comes to mind is actually, it's actually part of the story that I wrote in the Positive Minded People book. Um, so several years ago, I... Again, at the, at the beginning of every list, this is what I do. I go, okay, what's in my heart? What do I really want to create next in my life and experience? And I make, down, I make a list of those things. And then I kind of set it and forget it. And at the end of the year, I look back and I go, oh, my gosh, these things actually happened. How amazing is that? And that's what's really taught me the, the, you know, the value in writing things down how that energy is generated simply from even that. But then it's also important because you detach from it and the universe can do its thing and bring it to you. Okay, but so what I was getting at is the story that I wrote in this book several years ago on that list that I was making at the beginning of the year, that year, was I was single at the time and I said, I want to, I want to meet a really amazing person. And I, I mean, this was like a long paragraph, but essentially in a nutshell, I said, I want to meet this really amazing person who, you know, has all these amazing qualities and they really adore me and blah, blah. And we have the potential for, uh, what I, I said something like, we have the potential for, you know, um, friendship or something more. So I basically, I left the door open. So is this going to be a friendship? Is this going to be a romance? Is it going to be both or either or? And that was the key. I said the potential. Well, that's exactly what I got. I met this amazing person. It was about seven months later in July that year. 
I met this amazing person. We totally hit it off. We ended up being best friends for about four years. And um, that entire four years, we constantly were off and on. And it was this thing that's like, okay, I feel like we're supposed, you know, it, it, in many ways it had this feeling of like, we're supposed to be together forever, but yet, no, something's not right. That's not right. And so it was this constant for me. It was this constant back and forth. And anyway, so that story ties into the absent father story and heartbreak and all this stuff that happened. But that to me was an example of a, a, a manifestation that, oh, I didn't mean it that way. And yet that's exactly what I got. So it taught me to be a little more careful about my words. <laughs> well, th- well, don't don't leave the rest of us hanging. Did are you are you with him or without him or what? No, we no we um yeah. So the the sad story was that was that essentially after four years he met someone else who could actually give him what he was looking for, which is fantastic for him. But it, it, what it did for me is it was total heartbreak because we had actually become so 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 close, and so even though I had constantly been sort of on the fence and, oh, you know, not sure I really want to go that, you know, go romantic with our relationship. I mean, it, it, it just, it, it didn't matter. That all tied into, you know, stuff that I still had had to heal from my dad and, you know, that sort of thing. So, uh, so no, we're not together, but it was a fantastic learning experience for me that, of course, came through a lot of heartbreak, but um, I'm actually grateful for the journey and where I'm at today. Okay, two things that you that you did say in there that I like to go back to. One is okay. that the journey was worth the experience, because I think far too often we don't enjoy the experiences unless the outcome is the one we were hoping for. So I really love that you said that because I honestly believe it. That's how I live. Is that the is that there are all these experiences out here, and we really have to to immerse ourselves in them and enjoy them. The other thing was you talked about making lists, and I don't make a list. Uh, in a text file or on paper, but I often tell people that they really need to make the list, write it down, or at least count them out on their fingers like people used to do in the old TV shows. Because when you start making the list and you start counting these things out, you realize that you have so many more things than you thought you did or or so many more people in your life than you thought you did. I love that. Yeah. Are you talking about gratitude, like making a list of yes. things to be grateful for? Yes. Things yeah. and people and experiences to be grateful for. Yes. Absolutely. I, I agree with that for sure. It, it can be it can be really easy for us to get caught up in whatever the current situation was or whatever is currently occupying our mind space, even if it was a situation from years ago, and to just have everything else be clouded by that. But if we start to, you know, just start to write down, okay, well, what else am I grateful for? Oh, my gosh, I'm grateful for my amazing home. I am grateful for uh, my mom or my best friend or, you know, that that coworker who is always so kind to whatever it may be. You know, there's there's (laughs) always something. And the more that we connect to that, then the more we're actually able to generate more of those feelings and start to see beyond that. This also goes back to positive psychology. Um, there's a, a theory called the broaden and build theory, which I love, and it's all about, um, yes, when you, you know, build off of what you already have, then you actually, you're, it's kind of like your eyes open up and you're able to see more. You're able to envision more, you know, perceive 
possibilities of something more. Those possibilities really open up. And um, so I, you know, I mean, there's so many different ways to talk about the same thing. And law of attraction is one of them. Psychology can be another. Um, but yeah, I, gratitude and, and really being, you know, deliberate and connecting with what we have to be grateful for is so, can be really helpful. All right. Now, did I read correctly that you are also a Reiki qualified coach or something? I am, yes. So I'm a certified Reiki master. All right. Can you tell me what the heck Reiki is? <laughs> so it's essentially known as an energy healing modality, an energy healing technique. So there are, just as I was talking about, you know, different ways to, um, different ways to, Sorry, different thought. This happens sometimes. Sometimes I have so many thoughts coming at once. It's like, wait, which which one are we gonna say? <laughs> so, okay. So there are lots of different energy healing modalities out there. Reiki is one of them, and it's essentially, you know, the what it is is the person who's uh, performing the Reiki. They're really just a channel. So it's not that this person is giving healing to someone else. We all have the ability to heal ourselves. However, when we're in a space where maybe we are consumed with a lot of negative thoughts or we're going through something that's emotional for us or, um, you know, yeah, maybe we haven't really, we haven't ventured into, under, you know, understanding our own energy uh, all that much yet. It can be helpful to work with someone else who has because they can start to they can provide you with that energy that is going to allow it to be easier for you or the person receiving to open up and expand. So to open up and, and you know, to start to release the pain from whatever emotional uh, situation is going on or start to see other possibilities uh, because this energy is coming through another person. But it's not that the other person is the healer, although that is sometimes said. It's that, yeah, I don't know how this is sounding to, to you or to anyone else who might not be used to this. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I must be missing something. Your uh, reason, your, the, 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 the rate, the, <laughs> I can see the look on your face too, so I'm like, oh man. <laughs> it's, it's I'm connected. sorry, I'm very okay. sorry. I'm very sorry, I don't mean to rattle the guest. I'm very it's, sorry. No, you're I'm having a great time. It's essential, and I'm trying to find ways to say it that don't sound too out there, but I'm just going to say it. It's connecting with divine universal energy, or you could say energy of God or whatever, and it's literally just being a channel for that energy to flow through, and then you direct it at that other person. And when that's directed towards another person, think about when you've been in a, been in a bed anywhere where you can sense. Are you, talking like, are you talking like the metaphysical feeling that you get from being under a heavy shower or, or having the waves at the beach beat on you? That's certainly, you could use that. You can certainly use that. I was going to go to another place. Um, let's say you walk into a room and you can all of a sudden sense that um, something's going on in the room. Some, you know, someone, there's tension somewhere. Someone's arguing over somewhere or, or maybe like, oh my gosh, the, the, the mood in the room is very light and happy and upbeat. Those are energies that we pick up on. And that, so it's essentially the same thing. The person who's performing Reiki has just opened themselves up to 
to receive that flow of energy that exists at all times. And the person receiving is just receiving that energy and it's going in, you know, wherever is going to be of best use for their body. Okay. Does Reiki uh, only affect the mental and emotional or can it actually heal physical problems? Anything and everything. So it, I don't know why I'm stumbling. The way that I perceive healing and energy is everything is possible. Anything is possible. So yes, it's all about just connecting with those energies of what we desire. If we say, you know what, I'm going through a really stressful time. I would really love to, to have a healing session. And I'm using air quotes right now because that's just for ease of saying it. I would love to have a healing session. I would love to have a Reiki session. Um, you know, just like we go to someone to get a massage, right? They help our body feel better. Or maybe someone goes to a therapist to help them clear out their mind. Or someone's going to a coach to help them clear out their mind, connect to their goals. It's the same thing. So, you know what, I'm, physical manifestations, diseases, whatever's going on in our body, those are just further extensions of energy that's gotten stuck somewhere and has been there long enough to develop into whatever it's developed into. So whenever we direct any sort of positive energy towards something like that in a person's body, then yes, it has the ability to evolve. Now, is it dependent on the Reiki practitioner to heal that person? No, 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 no. It's always dependent on how that person is receiving the energy and what they're doing within themselves. But can someone receive benefit from having a Reiki session? Absolutely. Okay. And something that I hope will be an easier question for you <laughs> to explain to us who don't know what the heck we're doing. Um, I noticed that when people... Uh, sign up to your mailing list that they uh, you, you you give them a download of a guided meditation session. I, I was do. wondering if you, I was wondering if you would would like to do you know maybe thirty seconds or a minute and give people just an, a sampling of what they would experience in that guided meditation. Absolutely, you are totally on the spot. But I, okay, this is good. <laughs> okay, this way we, this way we can at least end positively and go forward and show them just how great you are. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Well, let me just say this. Thank you for having me on your show. This has been really fun speaking with you, Max. And thank you for just also allowing me to go in the flow and answer your questions spontaneously. I'm having a great time. So, okay. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I, I told you before we began that it was a conversation and we would see where the, the world and the energy would take us. And it has been a lot of fun. So thank you. Ah, oh, you're welcome and thank you. Okay, so yes, so my meditation is called Get Grounded and Regain Inner Peace because that is so much at the, the core, the foundation of being able to have clarity, to have that inner peace, and to also draw to us manifestations um, and the experiences that we want to have in our life. So, so yes, so then I would invite everyone right now to just close their eyes and get comfortable wherever they're seated. And knowing that, yes, this is a very short, modified version of the it's a 12 or 13 minute med meditation. So take a few deep breaths in and out. And as you exhale, you are exhaling energy that does not serve you in this moment. And imagine that around you, you are surrounded by love. You are surrounded 
by all that feels good. And there's no right or wrong about that. And you are in this safe space of love. And about a foot above your head is a beautiful, bright, golden ball of light. And this light is an extension of your higher self, of God, whatever term works best for you. And in this golden ball is all the love that exists for you, all the wisdom of who you are, all the support for you in this moment and the next and the next. And when you are ready, allow this beautiful, bright, shimmering golden ball of light to drop down in through the top of your head. And notice how you feel as this light flows down through your